You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Blue View Radio. Myself, Nick Falato, is joined by the great Chris Flum. Chris, we got to come up with a name for this show, bro. We just keep throwing out Big Blue View Radio. What's going on with this? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should do a just a symbol like Prince. Yeah, but underrated in his time, I think, oh, which is absolutely. hard to say, but that's how good he was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But we're not talking about 80s music right now. We are talking about the offensive line in the 2022 NFL draft. We will not be going over Evan Neal, Ikemi Kwanu, Charles Cross, or Trevor Penning. That was on the last podcast. Please refer back to the podcast feed and watch an in-depth or listen to an in-depth breakdown of those four top tackle prospects. But we're going to be talking about the rest of this offensive line. And Chris, I got to tell you, man, this is a pretty deep offensive line class, which is music to the New York Giants ears. Yeah, it is. This is a thing I keep coming back to is just how deep this draft class is at a bunch of positions, offensive line, cornerback, uh, edge defender, defensive line, linebacker. There are uh, just, there's just so much talent in this draft class, but right now we're talking offensive line and, you know, I, I think the the scenario exists where the Giants do not draft an offensive lineman in the first round. You know, maybe they trade back. Maybe they trade back twice. They trade out of both five and seven. They get a couple real good deals and they move back and maybe, you know, there's a run on offensive lineman and they have to look down the draft board a little bit. But the good news is, is there are starter caliber offensive linemen who will be going at the end of the first round in the second round maybe even into the third round yes and the three that really come to my mind after the big four is minnesota's daniel filele central michigan's bernard raymond and then ohio state's nicholas petit freer i believe i said that correctly out of those three chris who do you think makes the most sense for the Giants on the right side of their offensive line? You know, I, I'd have to go with Bernard Ryman. Uh, just because, you know, of the three, I think he is definitely the best athlete. And I believe he is also kind of the the closest to being an NFL starter. You know, Falele, he is absolutely massive. He is a planet theory draft pick where you draft him just based on the fact that there are very very few people walking the planet who are able to do what he does when you can be yeah over six foot eight and almost 400 pounds and still be a smooth mover that is just absolutely rare just the word freak gets tossed around, but yeah, he, he isn't running a four five forty or anything like that. But the fact that he is able to move as well as he does at his size is absolutely freakish. However, 
the NFL doesn't really grade on a curve and you opposing pass rushers aren't going to slow down just because you are absolutely ginormous. You know, he's still going to have to play at the same speed as everybody else. And he's not quite able to do that. Now, maybe if he slims down to, you know, a very svelte 340. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, the, I would be very interested to see how he moves then. But, you know, right now, I, I like Bernard Ryman. He plays right tackle already, so you don't have to transition him. He is a very athletic player. You know, he he came to Central Michigan as a tight end and basically grew into an offensive tackle. And to my eye, he still moves like a tight end, which is impressive. And I think he's got the traits to be kind of a a second round steal. That's if he's available. In the second That's round. That's true. Yeah, because there, there are – well, you got to look, man. The Bengals really did wonders with their offensive line and free agency. So are they going to still look to upgrade the offensive line come the NFL draft? I think that's a fair question. But you're right about Ryman because he is somebody who is like a two-star recruit. This is an Austrian exchange student who came over as a tight end. And lo and behold, it takes him a couple seasons. He adds a lot of weight to his frame, and he becomes one of the better offensive tackles in college football and yeah it's not a power five school but central michigan isn't a terrible program by any means he's got really really big hands i think the arm length it's sub 33 inches by like an eighth of an inch and that's going to be used against him so he's not the longest but man he really makes up for it with that athletic ability that you talked about and the flexibility and the bend he just is a really smooth mover in space so i really like the Ryman call i haven't got my eyes on filet film yet but i did see him down at the senior bowl and i did see somebody who was a little bit slow footed and i can see how that's going to cause issues you know you align somebody in a wide nine technique and you force him to you know vertical set sometimes after consistently beating him with speed because he doesn't have the ability to you know jump or 45 him and then he's going to start oversetting and that's going to open up the inside you're going to have to account for that i just i think there's just a lot of questions there but I think even if he shed it down to 355, which, you know, no one has ever said that, you know, yeah, just shed weight to 355 and you can play <laughs> in the NFL at tackle. But he still is very unique in that manner. And then Petit Freer, man, he's somebody that if he was a little bit stronger, I would be more intrigued, man, because I didn't mind his tape until you watch like the Michigan game and you're just like, oh, what is going on here? Like it was just horrendously bad. So, He's somebody where, you know, day two developmental pick, if he can get a little bit stronger, you might find a really, really good athlete with upside, but still not somebody that really gives me that warm and fuzzy feeling that I want this guy to start on my offensive line. Yeah, that, that was the feeling I got with him. He he looked to me more like a swing tackle. You know, I, I was kind of getting Matt Parrott vibes from him where, you know, he's got the traits. He doesn't quite have the play strength yet. I, he can play both sides of the line, which is good for him. But yeah, I think too much of his tape where he won, it was a lot of positioning and being an obstacle as opposed to a blocker. And then just the talent around him on that Ohio State offense, starting with quarterback CJ Stroud, the two wide receivers, Olave and Garrett, Jeremy Rucker, your guy at tight end. And they were just able to get the ball out before Petit Ferrer could get beat too badly. Which is 
you know, one of those things where you're like, is that going to, how is that going to impact my team in the NFL? And, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm a little turned off by that. But two more guys I want to go over before we get into some deeper sleeper, sleepers at the tackle position. And one of them I think you really like, and that is Tyler Smith, the tackle out of Tulsa. And then another one is somebody I've heard people that I respect talk a lot about, although I have not gotten my eyes on him, and that is Abraham Lucas from Washington State. What are your opinions on those two players? Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to watch Lucas either. Uh, again, I just blame this draft class where you know, just numbers and the NFL's calendar being what it is, I don't get a chance to really dive into college film 365, you know, all, all year long. We've got to cover the New York Giants, and they take up six months out of the year. And by the time we get to the draft process, you know, you absolutely have to get at least the top 100 guys done. And on this year, there's going to be probably 120 players, if not more, who are going to have top 100 grades on them. So I, I haven't gotten to Abraham Lucas yet. Yet Smith out of Tulsa, yet he is, he's kind of on that icky Trevor Penning scale of guys where there are there are things that are super easy to fall in love with with his game. You know, he's got the athletic and physical traits to start in the NFL. He's a good athlete. He's got he's got the length. He's got the size. He's got the play strength. But he also has tons of aggression. He plays pissed off, and that's something to like. But that's also something that kind of gets him in trouble at times where he can take himself out of solid fundamentals. I mean, I'll be honest, when I was watching him, there were points where I was going like, yeah, he doesn't even have fundamentals. His hands kind of get into a mess. His feet get way out of sync at times. And it's like he he tries to hit guys so hard that he cannot play offensive line anymore if that makes any kind of a set, any kind of sense. Now, if you can tone that down, if you can harness that aggression and harness those traits, you know, he has the potential to be good. But again, that, that, yeah. How much do you trust your offensive line coach? I think that's going to be the big question. I haven't seen Tyler Smith yet, but I've, I've heard great things. And a lot of the things kind of tend to, to give me the the same vibe as Trevor Penning, where it's a smaller school type of player, not as small with Tulsa, but somebody who is a little bit technically not quite there, but the aggression you love, and it's absolutely through the roof. And as for Abram Lucas, I haven't watched him, but the fact that he has a lot of snaps at right tackle is something to pay attention to if the Giants neglect to go in that direction on day one, which I do not think they're going to with two picks in the first round. So Chris, before we transition to interior offensive line, give me some late round guys that entice you, some dart throws. You know, if the, the, there's one sleeper I'm keeping my eye on, it's Max Mitchell out of Louisiana. It, he is he is already a swing tackle. He has played a lot on the left side and the right side. There were times where he would switch positions mid-game, and it, he does not miss a beat. His technique flips seamlessly. He is completely smooth in his pass sets. 
you know, in our in our last po- podcast, I said I don't think that Charles Cross is the best pass protector in this draft class. I think Max Mitchell might be. He is athletic. He's got good length. He's got enough play strength. He moves just so easily. It it's like he doesn't even have to think about his movements while he's doing them. It, his pass protections are almost unconscious. And the fact that he can play left or right, it, at the very least, you've got a solid depth player there. And I think he does have starting potential. And yeah, he could be almost like a David Boxiari type steal. That is high praise. And I haven't seen much of Mitchell, but I do know he's in one of those effortless type of movers from the clips that I have seen of him. But I'm kind of eager to get into his film. Some guys that really come to mind for me, I think Zach Tom at Awake Forest is somebody who is more than likely going to transition to center or an interior offensive line position. But when I watched his film, I watched him against Jermaine Johnson, and I was like, dude, this guy's holding up pretty respectably now. Florida State would align him, Jermaine Johnson, that is, opposite of Zach Tom to avoid Zach Tom and just pick on whoever the attack, the other tackle was for Wake Forest. But I came away just, he's not flashy, but he's very technically sound and he gets the job done and he might not have the longest arms, but I felt like he did a good job with his hand technique and his ability to still win at the point of attack, despite the fact that he wasn't always dictating reps. So I really liked Zach Tom's film, a little boring, but still gets the job done. I think Andrew Stuber had a good week down at the senior bowl, more than likely going to be a guard. That is the tackle from Michigan. And I also thought Matt Walatsko from North Dakota had a pretty good week at the senior bowl, but we're talking about, you know, fifth, six round picks here, not players that you necessarily want to start year one. Those are guys that you want to add to your team and develop and see if you can catch a, like you said, a David Bakhtiari. Yeah. And with these guys who I think probably are going to have to transition, uh, Cordell Volson, another small school guy, uh, well, relatively small school, North Dakota State. It's the Alabama of the FCS. They run roughshod over their level of competition, and they could probably compete at the FBS level pretty well. Yeah, he's got good size, good length. I just wonder about his foot speed, and I think that might force him to kick inside to guard, but he plays with great leverage. He plays with great play strength. He's a good, strong run blocker, and he is a tough dude. And also, started 41 games. He's got some versatility to him. He's played right tackle. Uh, that was what he played left last year. But right tackle, left guard, right guard. So you, at the you can move him inside, and I think you could start. Or, you know, if necessary, he might be able to come out as a depth player at right tackle in a pinch. Transitioning to the interior offensive line, I want to start with a making the case since we just had that last podcast drop yesterday or two days ago or whenever the heck it dropped. Let's <laughs> make the case for Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson. Chris, where do you land on that debate? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, I, Zion Johnson has been my guy since I first watched him. Yeah, he is. His game was honestly a pleasure to watch just because he is so good at everything there it there really aren't any weaknesses to his game at least as a as a guard I didn't like him out at tackle just because I I don't know that he's got that tackle athleticism but inside a guard he's got play strength he's got good athleticism for a guard he's got good technique he can run block he can pass plot pass protect it, the thought I had watching him is he does his job. And when I say that, I mean that in the New England Patriots sense of the sense of the phrase, do your job. You, there isn't anything he is going to be asked to do that he cannot do. I'm on the same page with you in terms of Zion Johnson. He is he's my number one guard over Kenyon Green, but I do like Kenyon Green. I think there's some issues in pass protection. It's a little bit refinement that probably needs to happen in terms of his hands in terms of where he strikes how he uses his hands but you want him as a run blocker he's pretty devastating in that area and I think he's going to be a good NFL player now here's another one this is a center prospect used to be mocked a lot to the Giants now he's on the fringe of being a first round pick I think he'll land in the first round and that is Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa now I know he's like you know 235 pounds joking but he's a a light center where do you land on Linderbaum's tape? Again, he he is a guy I like. His weight does not bother me. You know, centers, you can actually get away with having a lighter center, I think. Especially one who is as is at is as athletic, a little bit of a tongue twister I gave myself, as Linderbaum. He has great leverage. He's got great play strength. He is a wrestler, so he understands leverages and angles and all the things that made Dalvin Tomlinson such a good nose tackle make Linderbaum a good center and to me the impressive thing is is he's only going to get better he's only been playing center for three years I believe he he was a defensive tackle when he came to Iowa and I think that shows up in his game where yeah sometimes he can get out over his skis a little bit he's a little bit like defensive tackle trying to penetrate into the backfield. That's almost how he blocks. And I, at least to my eye, that got better over the course of his tape. And I think just the traits and the experience, particularly as a wrestler will take over at the NFL level with him. And I think he's going to be a very good center. I mean, that's high praise right there. I can't deny any of that. I, I've watched Iowa's offense, but it was always when I was watching, you know, Leo Chanel or, or somebody somebody else. So I didn't necessarily ever do an evaluation on Linderbaum, but he's somebody who is interesting. I just never saw a top 10 hype just because of weight, power concerns, things of that nature. And there are some players in this draft, despite it being a quote unquote weak draft, that I think are more valuable than someone like a Linderbaum. But I want to transition to 
three, actually four names I'm going to throw at you, and we can go rapid fire here. And I want to get your opinion, just quick synopsis on each of these players. So first, Dylan Parham from Memphis, Ed Ingram from LSU, Darian Kennard from Kentucky, and I put on a Southern accent there, and Jamare Sawyer from Georgia. Yeah, I I have to admit, when I first wrote his profile, I kept saying I kept saying Jeremy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, bro. <laughs> well, except for the fact that that's not his name, but you know. But you corrected yourself. You I know, you realized you were wrong. You corrected yourself, yeah. and you and you and you rectified the situation. Yeah, well, something we always try to do. Okay, so D- Dylan Parham, I I like him inside. I. I think actually moving to center is a good move for him. He is a good athlete. He's got plenty of leverage. He he is almost like a bowling ball of a lineman, and he he moves well. I don't think he's I don't think he's got that tackle movement skills. But inside at guard or center, yeah, he's going to be tough to move, and he's I think he's going to be successful at the NFL level. Ed Ingram. I like him. Yeah, I. My only question with him is the off the field stuff. Uh, I can't answer those questions. I am. Yeah. You know, I. We definitely do not have the resources here, so we'll just leave that off to the side. That is for the NFL to to investigate. Yeah, on the field, he moves well. He's very, very powerful. He's very experienced. Yeah. I. Again, I think. He is a guy, he's not getting a whole lot of talk, but then again, guards, unless they're Quentin Nelson, they're, they're not going to get a whole lot of talk at this point. Again, he is a day two pick. I think he can start early in his career. He probably push for a starting job, you know, day one. And then, you know, Darian Kennard. the, The question for him is, is he a tackle? Is he a guard yeah he'll probably wind up being a guard but you know there's a little bit a little bit of a trey smith vibe there with him where you know maybe he could do both yeah i I personally was you know i'm not sure he's got the foot speed to be a tackle but if you want to try him there and then let him more or less fail inward you know if he can't hang at tackle move him to guard he'll probably be able to do that well enough and then Sawyer you know he's actually one of I believe two linemen in this draft class who has played all five positions and you know I think I like him best at guard and I think that is where his ceiling is the highest but having that kind of versatility and background you know, even if you aren't able to secure a starting job if you can be a five-tool backup, that's incredibly valuable right there. It's very valuable, and I actually really liked Sawyer's tape. I think he's a somebody who can be possibly had late on day two, who can step in and, like you said, at worst, immediately be a swing offensive lineman for multiple positions with the upside of being a starter. He would have been a starter on the Giants offensive line last year. I can assure you of that. (laughs) I got to say some of these offensive linemen, these interior offensive linemen are just pure Dave Gettleman guys, the Kenyon green, Darian Kennard, you know, those guys, Tyler Smith, you know, that's a, those are Dave Gettleman type of dudes. Would you agree? Oh yeah. 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 Just (laughs) big dudes with long arms. That is Dave Gettleman right there. (laughs) 
Absolutely. So I want to name three sleepers. They're not really sleepers anymore. And some of them actually may have worked their way into the day two conversation. But three guys who are interior offensive linemen that I really, really appreciated their tape. First was Kentucky's Luke Fortner. Second, Nebraska's Cam Jurgens, who was a center, a former tight end who converted to being a center, just an uber athlete. I mean, if you're on Twitter, you probably saw him at his pro day doing like a ballerina dance. It was one of, and then a bunch of frog jumps. It was absolutely ridiculous that they're making offensive linemen do those types of things. It was kind of um, really weird to see. And then another is Cole Strange from UT Chattanooga. I feel like he's a little bit more t- discussed than the other two that I just mentioned. Did you get your eyes on their tape? And what did you think of those three? Well, I- I've got my eyes on uh, Fortner and Strange, and I like both of those guys. Fortner, I think, is actually between the Senior Bowl and the Combine, he has probably worked his way up into a solid day two pick. I don't know that, I'm not sure where in the center chart he ranks, but I think he's moved himself up. You know, he's he's probably moved past Alec Lindstrom out there in Boston college, uh, Zion Johnson's line mate and their actual center and Cole strange. I have been very impressed with him. Yeah. I thought he was kind of a weird fit at guard, but you know, at Chattanooga, you know, you can get away with having a, having a kind of a long lean guard when he moved to center at the senior bowl. You know, I, I always thought that would kind of be a good move for him. But then seeing him do it and with basically no experience, looking as good as the actual centers, that that to me was very impressive. You know, he's a solid athlete, really good play strength, I thought. And I think that could see him through the early part of his development. Yeah, Cole Strange, he's an interesting one on day three. And Cam Jurgens, I've had my eyes on him, and he's a, a like a little bit of an undersized center, I guess you can say. At least some people have a poor man's version of Tyler Lindebaum. I think that's a little bit disingenuous because I think Cam Jurgens is somebody who could be a day two pick and possibly start in year one. Again, this is somebody who recently converted to being a center, and he was able to do that and from a mental perspective make protection calls for several seasons as a former tight end who has production at the college level as a tight end and this is somebody who once he lands his hands he does a really good job with his grip strength to control and steer defenders I feel like his punch can use a little bit like getting to the getting to the grip strength I feel like his punch can use a little bit of refinement but a lot of players are kind of in that same mold where they could be a little bit cleaner with how they get their hands inside. But this dude's hips, his ability in space, his ability to locate the angles that he takes, the heavy hands that he has. This is somebody that I wouldn't be shocked if he slips into, you know, the third round. And he was somebody who was thought of as like a six round pick at the start of this process. But once people dove into his film more and more, you started seeing the appeal of a Cam Jurgens. Yeah. And he already, he comes complete with the perfect offensive lineman nickname beef jerky <laughs> oh yeah man that is beef jerky yeah i think that's a company that he has too like he makes yep. beef jerky and he i swear every year at the combine there's always this like unique offensive lineman that shows up and does something kind of that differs from the the norm like this year it was cam jurgens with his beef jerky remember ben barch was drinking like egg oh. and gatorade like yeah was, like was, pureed chicken and <laughs> Uh, it was it was really crazy, and then you have Quinn Miners, who was just an all around, you know, woodsman who can go out there and throw a tree over his shoulder, <laughs> like just yep. an ab- absolute beast. But Chris, you have anybody else you want to go over? Yeah, ju- uh, just one guy, and that's uh, Virginia Tech guard Lasita Smith. 
Yeah. Have you, have you gotten a chance to watch him yet? I have not. No. Okay. Yeah. He was a guy. I, he, he actually kind of surprised me on tape where he is a guy who moves really, really well, particularly for a guard. I would like to see him get a little bit stronger in his upper body, which is kind of a weird thing to say for a dude who's already 320 pounds, but you know, a strength and conditioning program could help with that, but he moves really well. I think he's got enough lower body strength to, you know, live in a man gap scheme. I think he's got enough agility, mobility, athleticism to do the zone blocking thing, you know, inside zone, outside zone. Yeah. I, I think he's got, Good scheme diversity to him. Smith, you know, I think he's got the ability to be kind of a sleeper in this interior offensive line class. But, you know, considering how many, you know, it's like you kick over a rock and there's, you know, three more guys who you look at and you say, you know, you could work your way up into the second day. You know, th- this draft is just everywhere you turn. There are guys who's, who have starting potential. And that's one of the things that we love about this draft. And one thing that kind of points towards if the Giants do trade back, you're going to find value. You're going to find people who are going to step in and be more than just depth players, but people who can actually contribute on the offense or the defense. But then again, you might pass up on one of those top tier type of guys like a Kayvon Thibodeau or whoever's going to be available at five or seven. So I feel like that is a conversation for another day. But anyways, everybody, hey, thank you for joining us here on Big Blue View. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our work covering the New York Giants, covering the NFL Draft. And please also rate and subscribe and leave a comment to this podcast. It really helps us out. I don't believe there's been a comment left for almost a year now, and we would like to rectify that situation. So if you can leave a comment about the podcast, what you like, what you dislike, tell us you hate us, but please just leave a five-star. Thank you very much. For Nick Filato, Chris Flum, signing off here. Take care of each other. Be well. Peace. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.